0: Hello, everyone. Hope you're having a good day today. Um, It is October 12th, uh, Wednesday. Very nice outside. Got a little bit of rain. I have been getting a couple text messages about the the upcoming mud angel. just so you know i'm not going to use a hose to make fake mud for the mud angel there there has to be some real mud out there and not just some little mud puddle in a driveway i'm talking about real mud um before the mud angel is going to make an appearance so so keep praying for that rain okay um As I said, it is October 12th. Last week, on October 10th, we uh, took a look in our study through 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 through 19. So, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to read through that and um, press pause on your player there, take a look at it, and then uh, get back with us and we'll talk about this just a little bit. Okay. Hopefully you had a chance to read those that small little section of verses there. We're still in this incredible chapter, obviously, of, of Paul's. Um, incredible chapter in the New Testament about the resurrection. Um, we don't really know why there are some in the church in Corinth who who got to this place of not believing that there is a physical resurrection. Um, Paul doesn't really explain how this came about. Um, it's not really clear why some of them landed here. Um, there's there's possible explanations out there. Probably the most, um, oh, I guess the one most talked about is the, the, the Greek. Or remember, these are, for the most part, these are Gentile believers, um, who grew up in a, in a, in a Roman Greco, um, religious mindset. Uh, and they did believe in the immortality of the soul. So, um, Maybe this is something they tried to import into Christianity, meaning that that um, the soul will live forever, but but a bodily resurrection, a physical resurrection, is is just some kind of holdover from from uh, the Jews, like a Jewish handicap that, and and this is this this stunts the the progress among the Gentiles. So so maybe that's a possibility. Um, there might have even been a more kind of sophisticated um, view of this. This is this is talked about a little bit um, later in, in 2 Timothy, where um, there's this thought process of, of the separation between the physical and the spiritual, um, that that Gnostic um, philosophy that, that several of the New Testament authors kind of battled. Again, it's not exactly really clear why. Um, some in Corinth landed here. And when we talk about them believing that there was not a resurrection, understand we're talking about a bodily resurrection. That That's what they had an issue with and why there was some teaching beginning to be uh, beginning to take place within the church there in Corinth that there was no physical resurrection. And obviously that is a big problem. A very very big problem. And Paul will attack this um, very very strongly. Uh, I want you to look at some of the verses in the, or some of the words that are used in this passage. We see we see a word here um, in vain, like something something is 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 not. It's done without purposes. It has no um, standing behind it. Um, there, there's another word thrown out here. Um, there's this word uh, worthless worthless, um, false, being false witnesses. So so if you're going to go down this road of there being no physical resurrection, then there there's a problem with this that attacks the gospel at its very core. Remember the gospel, as we get defined in this chapter, the very beginning of it, is the gospel that, that Jesus died, he was buried, he arose, and people saw him once he was risen. And he was risen physically. He wasn't a phantom. He wasn't a ghost. He ate in front of people. They touched him. So it's very clear that this was a physical resurrection. And this is where Paul is going to go. He is not going to entertain this thought any whatsoever that there is no bodily resurrection. Because if you take away resurrection, you take away the resurrection of Christ. Paul's saying his resurrection was not an isolated phenomenon. His, as he will talk about, and as we will see in this passage, and further in this passage, more specifically the passage we'll be looking at tonight, um, that Jesus' resurrection was just the first of many resurrection, the first fruits. And again, we'll dig into that some tonight. But he says, if there is no resurrection of Christ, he says, our preaching is nothing but an empty sham. Your faith is nothing but built upon an empty sham. He says, we are false witnesses um, of God which this is a very serious offense you think about this if you have somebody who's a false witness in a court of law that turns justice upside down I don't care how good of a justice system any civilization has if you have people willing to take the witness stand in court and lie it it blows all of that up but this isn't just being a false witness in a place of in, in a courtroom this is being a false witness of God and that is not a place anybody wants to be so then Paul talks about it in this way, and then later a little bit later in this passage, verses sixteen through eighteen, he just repeats it in another way for if christ has for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised, if he has not been raised, your faith is worthless you're still in your sins because that is that the very core of the gospel is forgiveness. He said, but if Christ hasn't been raised, you are still in your sins. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished as falling asleep is talking about the dead. In other words, those who have died, if there's no bodily resurrection, they have died. They have perished, separated from God. Um, that word "perished" is a, is a word that Paul uses earlier um, in this in this letter in our in our letter, since we've got chapter verse of it in chapter one, talking about those in the world who are perishing. In other words, to be in that category of those who are perishing or who perish, that means you are without hope. And then he follows it very well in verse nineteen. For if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. And we dug into this a little bit last week, um, just for the fact that this is Paul speaking. This and Paul had sacrificed incredibly for the gospel. And if the gospel is is false. And if there's no bodily resurrection, that means Christ hasn't been raised and the gospel is false. Then everything that Paul has given up, everything that he has done, the sacrifices that he has made are all for naught. They're for nothing. That is a very, very very big deal. Now here's something else that after class I was speaking with um, with Jesse, and she brought up a really, really good point that I hadn't really thought about. And it's this. if if a bodily resurrection is not is not real, okay, then then Christ did not truly rise from the dead. He is not truly risen physically then the issue becomes this. Paul left a religious system that that uh, was built upon God. I mean, you've got God giving the law to his people through Moses. You've got all of this. You've got the prophets. You've got all of these things. If Paul was incorrect in his belief and his strong belief that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of that, then that is still alive and well. Jesus did not fulfill all of that, and not only is Paul a false witness, he left what was right if Christ didn't fulfill it. So this is, the, this is, and that's a very good point that Jesse made, and one I didn't make last week. I'm going to talk about it a little bit tonight. Um, <laughs> that means Paul is without hope. We are all without hope. But all of that being said, as we will jump into the passage tonight, Paul does not entertain this thought of no bodily resurrection very long at all. In verse 20, as a matter of fact, I've got the word has underlined. If you want to look at that in your Bible, it says this, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep, those who are Who have died. So um, Christ arose, and as we will see through the remainder of this chapter, that means not only we are forgiven because he arose, but that means that we will arise as well one day, bodily, physically. Uh, We're not going to be floating around in heaven, okay? We will have bodies in heaven, and that is incredibly exciting, and that's what's going to be so much fun about uh, the remainder, uh, especially the last half of this chapter. So, uh, again, this is October 12th. That means we'll be having class tonight. Tonight is midweek. We'll have a meal at 6 o'clock this evening, followed by 7 o'clock by classes for all ages. Um, We would absolutely love to have you if you haven't had an opportunity to join us yet. Tonight we'll be looking at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20, through 28. Again, 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 28, if you want to take a look at that and prepare for this evening. Um, and we hope to see you. Have a good day.